0: My name is Wade Adakai and you are listening to the Wind & Reason Podcast. I originally planned for this to come out during Father's Day, but of course that didn't happen. But what did happen was I got to be a dad that day and hang out with my wonderful son and my beautiful wife. I couldn't ask for anything more than that. I am indeed blessed. This episode will be short, just a little reading on the role of father, so let's get to it. I will be reading from page 74 to 75 of Paul Zalbrad's Dene Bahane, published in 1984. I will certainly cover this passage in depth later on, probably in the winter, but for now, I'll just give a little context. If you are Dene, this story is very familiar, and you could probably tell this verbatim if anybody were to ask. It is the story of the flood. Coyote, in this case, felt compelled in some way to kidnap the water monster's babies. The reason, however, differs slightly throughout the several accounts of this event. It is said that the deer, turkey, and antelope, along with other animals, were seen fleeing from east to west. In the coming days, a white light of dawn was seen in the eastern sky, but was soon identified as a great wall of water, as high as the mountains, coming toward the village. Taking refuge in a nearby hill, the people decided to grow a pinion plant to exceed the water, but the tree only grew so tall. Next, they planted a juniper, which also failed to prevail in height. We can imagine that this circumstance was nothing less than terrifying. Neither person had any concept of a flood and would be significantly ill-prepared for such an event to occur. So what are they to do? Are they to only watch the floodwaters come to take away all that they know? Could this be the end? If you have the book feel free to bust it out read along i'll be starting on page 74. now the people were more frightened than they had ever been for the waters had continued to rush in on them from east and from west from north and from south They all believed they would soon perish. Then suddenly two men appeared on a hill on which the people all stood, it is said. It is also said that one of the two men who suddenly appeared was old and gray-haired. The other, who walked in advance of the elderly one, was young and limber. His hair shone, and little light rays sparkled from his eyes. The two spoke to no one as they climbed the hill. They passed quietly through the crowd and made directly for the summit. Once they reached the very peak, the young man sat down, the old man took a seat directly behind him, and for no reason that anyone can understand, when Eschidi, the locust, sat directly behind him, all three of them faced the east. Then, the old man took seven bags from under his robe and opened them. Each contained a small amount of soil. The soil, he then proclaimed, had been gathered from the sacred mountains that marked the limits of the fourth world, whereupon the few of the people spoke words like these. Ah, perhaps something can yet be done, spoke one. Perhaps our grandfather can help us, said another. Let's pause here for a second. Let's notice this. The people are already referring to the old man as their grandfather, or Che, or Nala Hasin. I think this is a cultural nugget that lives to this day. We refer to all older men as our Che or Nala, and older women as Shema, or Shema or Nala Asan. Even back then, any older man we see were like, that's my Chei, that's my Nala man. I just find it funny to actually hear it in our creation story. Let's carry on. Perhaps we can find another world to live in, another said. To which the old man replied, I myself can do nothing more than what I have done, replied he. But maybe my son here can help you. Whereupon the people begged the young man with the shiny hair and sparkling eyes to do something. And this is what he said to them. I can do something to help you, yes. But there are two things that you must do too. Likewise, there are two things you must not do. You must all move away from where you stand, and you must not ask me any questions. Nobody is to see me working, nobody is to know what I have done or how I have done it. The people agreed to do what he told them to do, and they agreed not to do what he said they must not do. Then they moved away from where they stood. They all faced east. None of them looked at him, and no one asked him a question, and in a few minutes he called for them to return to the place where they had all been standing. When they returned, they saw that the youth had spread the sacred soil on the ground, and they saw that in it he had planted 32 reeds. And as they gazed at them, they saw that they took root in the ground and that the roots spread downward rapidly. And in another moment, all 32 joined together to form one giant stalk with an opening in its eastern side, it is said. It is also said that the young man told the people to enter the reed through the opening. When they were all safely inside, the people disappeared none too soon, for scarcely had it closed before the people inside heard the terrible sound of the surging water outside. Yen 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 yen. We know the rest of the story. The people and the animals traveled through the reed and eventually made it to the next world, wherein they undergo a creative process making the new world habitable for all living creatures. And just so you know, the young man will be later remembered as Jon Nae, the one who rules the day or the sun, and the older man will be remembered as the one who rules the night, the moon. This is a great story. Every version of the story is packed with a plethora of meaning, symbolism, and metaphors for everyday life, and is a remnant of an actual historical event which the Diné chosen to remember for all generations, and surely I will go into that in future episodes, but for now, I want to focus on the grandfather and his son being holy people they give us at least an understanding of the transition of power and responsibility, especially in times of crisis. These two interesting figures show up when the people have exhausted their options and have come to the realization they need help. One being an old man who is referred to as grandfather, and the young man with light rays coming from his eyes. The grandfather, young man, and Logos all sit in an arrangement of three, which I'm told is an arrangement similarly conducted in the Hajonjo ceremony still practiced today. Though The people all go to the old man for help, and we would probably do the same if we were there. But he says something interesting. He says, I myself can do nothing more than what I have done, but maybe my son here can help. And before the son can do anything, the grandfather reaches into his rope and pulls out seven bags of soil that the son would use to plant the 32 reeds. In other words, the old man's part is to provide the resources for his son. The young man is undoubtedly powerful, but his power is in correspondence with his father's provision. This is a beautiful demonstration of a father's eventual position in life, to provide the resources for his son to adequately use his abilities to help his people. In my own life, I am still learning how to be a father, and to understand that someday the resources and teachings I provide my son will be the tools for empowerment. Eli Daniel Adekai was born May 15th, 2020 to my wife, Amanda Adekai. That day was crazy. My wife labored for over two days and had minimal sleep and the epidural to ease her pain was given too late and had no effect. She felt everything. After several hours, the pushing began. My wife gave all her strength to pushing out her son and to be next to her while this was happening was insane. I was in full support of my wife and was present. But I tell you, once I saw the top of baby's head, I swear something happened to my brain. It like rewired at that very moment. Everything became super real. And I got lightheaded. This little guy was now our responsibility. How am I supposed to do this? And he was finally out. I could not stop looking at him. He was so beautiful. To think a year later, that tiny human would be walking, talking, and knocking everything over in our house. We wouldn't have it any other way. It's wonderful being a dad. But it's also terrifying. And I'm sure in solidarity, most fathers feel the same. To know that you can't always catch them when they fall, you aren't always going to have the right words to say when they cry. You can't always be there right away when they wake up in the middle of the night. It makes me grateful for my own parents and putting up with me all these years. When I thought I was too smart for my own good, there were times I didn't appreciate all that they'd given me not knowing that all they gave me was all they had. I took my own father, James Attica's wisdom for granted when he warned me about walking down the wrong path, about avoiding things that would deter me from understanding my calling. Interestingly, when I was younger, my father lent me a book called On Liberty, which is a book on political philosophy by John Stuart Mill. It's crazy to think that he knew somehow I would be an avid reader of philosophy, before I knew what philosophy was. He knew, and I'm grateful for that. Though he was not perfect and had his own hardships to overcome, I now see he was just a regular man, such as I, doing his best to teach his son. Now it's my turn. I will do my best to provide my son with knowledge and wisdom, give him the right soil so he may plant something beautiful. And someday when I am an old man, and the people come asking for help, I will reply. I myself can do nothing more than what I have done, but maybe my son here can help. But for now, I will do my best to support him in all that he does. Whatever dreams or hobbies he picks up, whatever weird music he gets into when he becomes a teenager, when he decides he wants to start a band or join sports, when he struggles in school, when he finally graduates, When he falls in love. When he has a moment of clarity on what he wants to do with his life. When he has his own son or daughter. Thus the cycle continues, as it has since the beginning. To instill balance and order in every generation. This is our purpose. Thank you for listening. This was episode 3 of the Wind & Reason podcast.